Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for Harmonize. I'm here. Uh, my name is Ruth Jefferson. I'm here with uh, Phil Merton and um, Pastor Aaron Glusky. We'll be talking today about uh, fatalism, especially as it relates to diversity and conversations about racial justice, a topic that we, we felt might be um, particularly uh, in line with today, with it being Friday the 13th and God's soul in that way. I forgot about that. Um, Friday the 13th. So, what is the term for that? Triskaidekaphobia? Fear of the number 13? Um, let's see. Fear of the yeah. number 13 is, yeah, Triskaidekaphobia. Oh, yeah, and someone remembers from psych class. I, I kill at crossword puzzles. I absolutely kill. Yeah. This has been your moment of random trivia with Harmonize. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> as we get into this topic, um, one of the one of the things that also led led us here, in addition to the fact that we're looking at uh, Friday the Thirteenth, is the idea that some people have um, that the world is continuing to get worse. And the thought behind that, so um, the the thought behind that, that because the world is continuing to get worse, it means that we should not take steps forward um, in regard to things like conversations about diversity and racial justice, especially in the church. Um, people who would hold to that might also hold to Matthew 24, 36 through 44, uh, what it talks about people being continually um, more evil all the time in the last days. Um, but then we also have encouragement in scripture as well to be salt and light. And also um, the, the more specific encouragements as we look into more of the areas around these conversations and these spaces in which um, we should not only be talking, but also acting mm -hmm. as it is in line with uh, what we see modeled in scripture. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, uh, Phil, you had some thoughts from scripture that you wanted mm -hmm. to kind of bring into the conversation. I'll go ahead and turn the mic ah. over to you for a couple of minutes. Okay. All right. Boy, I, I was thinking, wow, that it didn't, is the rapture coming? Because Aaron keeps disappearing. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe they were right. Well, if this Wouldn't is the rapture, scary? I'm not yeah. sure that I... Uh, I, I, one time I, I, I was dreaming, I, I was going to set up my own series uh, based on the left behind, uh, except I'm going to reverse it, that uh, uh, through some cosmic glitch, all the, uh, all the Christians or you know, all the, the unbelievers are taken from the earth, leaving the world populated with nothing but Christians. And that's when the horror begins is all the, <laughs> in all the infighting and all the, pettiness and uh uh just takes off just think of think of the horror i was gonna call right. it uh left left posterior but enough uh, gee i just gave my it. idea away somebody's gonna take it and they're gonna make millions of bucks on it. um no that wasn't what i was gonna talk about i was thinking uh uh the Oh, let's see. Hang on a second. I'm going to call this up here. Uh, looking at a couple of things hitting me, that, that idea that uh, that wrong idea that we shouldn't engage uh, in in our larger community at all, because, you know, this is just temporary. Uh, world's going to end. Just to invest in eternal things, uh, which will, of course, invest in eternal things. But the two are not mutually exclusive. Uh uh, I, I tried to think, where would you find uh, anything that would, in the Bible, that would uh, endorse that, that uh, point of view that says, uh, you know, don't, don't uh, invest anything in this world. Don't, don't uh, put your energies into it. Uh, all I could think of was uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, Paul talking about uh, what to do about talking to married people, unmarried people, how to treat marriage, how to treat uh, uh, pursuing marriage. Uh, and let's see, he says, uh, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. 
from now on, those who have wives should live as though they, as if they did not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of this world as not, if not engrossed in them, for this world in its present form is passing away. Um, okay. Uh, it, this, none of that says uh, don't, um, don't engage in seeking justice in this world. Not at all. Uh, you know, those who mourn, those who are happy, what are we supposed to stop being grieving and stop being happy too? You know, that's that wasn't was, was not his point. Uh, he's just saying put it in perspective. Uh, I would also say if we're looking at First Corinthians seven, then we also have verses even within that chapter, like verse five, where it says, "Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for its time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer." Mm-hmm. And then also. Um, looking, looking at, um, looking at these other portions where it's where it's talking about how where it's talking about how to live within that space and also the mm-hmm. battle against sin that's still that's still occurring even within that space where we're trying mm-hmm. to live, um, live lives as preparing for the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, none of that is saying. Um, just disengage from this world. Don't be concerned with what you see going on. Yes, we're going to be. Uh, in fact, he encourages getting married. I, I had read that, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, um, when, um, the, when Martin Luther's time, uh, people were really big on thinking that the end is just around the corner. And, uh, Martin Luther himself was very much of that opinion that its world is going to end any time. And he chose right at the height of that, he chose that as the time to get married. You know, instead of, uh, you know, don't, don't start a marriage now because the world's going to end. He's like, no, do what God calls you to do. Um, just keep on functioning the way God calls you to function. Uh, why should today be any different from any other day, even if it is the last day of the world? Do the right thing. Do the ne- you know, like they say in, in uh, AA, do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. I, think I think someone asked him. Go ahead. I says I think someone asked him or someone else. I can't remember. I thought it was Luther, but it could be wrong. There are a lot of Luther myths in in Lutheranism, but um, someone asked him, "What would you do if it were the last day?" He said, "I plant a tree." Hmm. Okay. Right. How would you know it's the last day? You don't. So you'd keep and living life like, yeah, what would it matter? Right? So oh, I was going to plant a tree anyway. I'll go ahead and plant a tree. Exactly. And, boy, I could get in trouble here, but, uh, you know, the Bible, uh, people point to the passage in, in uh, Peter's epistle about uh, the world is going to be destroyed with fire. And that's, eh, that probably doesn't say that. That's That's one some manuscripts say destroyed in fire. Others say it's going to be revealed in fire. That God has no intention of taking this world, wadding it up and tossing it in the trash bin. He's he's going to clean it up. And you know why? He put a lot of love into this world. So I, I'm just thinking. So you plant a tree the day before uh, the Lord returns, and then the Lord returns, and the next day you water your tree. That's that's my vision of things, but don't hold me to don't you don't have to hold to that. That's it's just my thinking on that. You know, don't all either way to to quit thinking in terms of everything's going to come to an abrupt end and said I'm going to go on forever. Uh, Ruth and Aaron are going to go on forever. Um, the people that I, I, I the people that are being uh, marginalized right now they're going to go on forever. Um, how do we how do we approach that? I think also as we think in terms of especially diversity and, and racial justice and these types of issues, something that might be um, more more difficult and add an additional variable to this equation is the fact that people who are um, of other backgrounds who do not necessarily have to deal with these struggles every day have the ability to kind of um, tune out these struggles to the point mm-hmm. where they can say, oh, this doesn't necessarily affect my life. And I think to an extent that that's where part of this comes from, part of that ideology that 
we can look past we, we can look past what's happening right now and and look to the um, to heaven without without even addressing it mm-hmm. because of the fact that like if this is not something that's affecting me if nobody's pushing me to think through these things if I'm not interacting with other people who are struggling with mm-hmm. with these different areas mm-hmm. then then what what would be what would be the reason? for people to actually to actually have these conversations and take action mm-hmm. i i also think in terms of um in terms of rights which um i know we're getting a little bit over here when we start talking about rights we're getting more into the physical and, and away from the spiritual with that element there but as we're thinking about rights and what people are what people are are fighting for and wanting to achieve more of equality we think about like the um the early american colonialist history at least as far as um, the white settlers are concerned and where that goes is to things like the um the tea party and the way that tea was literally thrown like thrown overboard or thrown off of the harbor because people were upset about the price of tea and stamps. Well, in, in society today, and also for a long time, even before today, people are concerned about things like their right to live, their right to, their their right to be considered equal, which, which as we go into that right to be considered equal, we're going into the biblical, like biblical explanation about how all people like, have value because of jesus Mm -hmm. but as we're looking at that people get upset when things when people do things like block a street Mm -hmm. there's there's a there's there's a difference there they they understand that uh, revolution is part of the um, american structure yet they Mm -hmm. don't acknowledge that when it comes to people who are fighting for things that are more significant than a dollar amount and I think part of that has has to do with the fact that we we are because we are trying to become so heavenly minded. I mean, as as the old adage says, we're becoming no earthly good. Right. And so, um, so so the 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 question is there is what we're what we're doing when we do that is it getting away from a biblical model of how we should view people. Mm. Is it an excuse? So. Hmm. Um, because it, it it there's there's something that's missing there, and it really does seem as though it is an excuse. Agreed. Anything that would uh, for just viewing people, you know, we're looking past uh, their present form. Let's say, and I'm just looking at their souls, their immortal souls. That's all I care about and getting those souls to heaven. Well, yeah, of course I do. Uh, but that soul lives in a body and that body, depending, unfortunately, a lot on what color that body is, is going to be having a very different experience in America. And uh, that's a concern to all God's people. It needs to be a concern because it's concerned to our Savior. Mm-hmm. Looking at, uh, let's see, in Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, Jeremiah was dealing with uh, some prophets who were, during the Babylonian exile, their prophets were saying, well, this is this is going to be very, very temporary, uh, so just uh, hold tight, don't, don't get involved at all in this, in your new community that you're living in, your new neighbors, ignore them, because you're going to be going right back to uh, the homeland very soon. And let's see, 29, four through seven. Uh, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters, increase the number here, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Uh, that uh, idea, the, what, what does, God, what do you want for this city I'm living in? What do you want for these people? Don't have, yeah, quit thinking, well, he wants to get rid of it. Uh, so forget about that. Just uh, 
make sure people pray the sinner's prayer and get to heaven. Uh, he's God wants prosperity and justice for whatever community we're living in. And I believe he's calling on us. And how can you be part of that? Work with me. Mm-hmm. Pastor Glusky, while we have you here uh, yeah. right now, <laughs> do you have any thoughts you'd like to share? <laughs> If I'd have heard anything that's been happening, I might have had a thought about it, but I'm, oh, I've been so in and out. So it's terrible. I've tried to go Wi-Fi, but I, I turned it off on my phone, so it has to use data. And hopefully mm-hmm. that's going to keep me connected because for whatever reasons, I'm having trouble with the router here. Mm. Again. So Sorry about that. Hey, last year you had that freeze down in Texas, and that you could blame everything on that. Maybe that's it. Maybe you still have frost in your room. Yeah, it might still be a, a, a glitch from Snowmageddon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to use an apocalyptic reference there. There you go. Good. Good one. <laughs> uh, the end will come in snow. So I wasn't quite uh, just refresh. Just give me a thumbnail on what you were were commenting on, so I I can get caught up in the conversation. Okay, I I had brought up uh, the some more about the false idea that uh, because uh, God is going to show up uh, anytime, which of course He is. Um, therefore, this world doesn't matter. Justice in this world doesn't matter. The people, people who are suffering injustice right now, tell them to forget it. It's okay because pretty soon uh, it'll all be over. Um, be over. Not, yeah, not not a biblical view at all. I, I quoted uh, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine, uh, or uh, God through Jeremiah was encouraging people, hey, work, seek the peace of this community that you're in right now. Uh, work, work with this. Work with me on it. Yeah, I would say fatalism is a, a knife that cuts both ways. Um, mm. I think you've been describing it from one angle. The other angle would be for those of us, for those who would be against injustice, it would be easy to throw up our hands and say, what's the use? Right? Never changes. Nothing's ever going to change. It's always going to yes. be the same. I might as well yeah. quit. And that's just as fatalistic on on the other side as it is to say, oh, don't worry, keep suffering because it'll all be over soon. You know, it ju- it's mm-hmm. it's just the opposite. Amen. And, and God really, you know, worked that peace. The peace that he's won for us and worked for us is working that out in our lives as well. Uh, and he doesn't tell mm-hmm. us to give up, even though we know in this world it'll, it'll never be perfect. So mm-hmm. it, that's the, that really describes the Christian life, doesn't it? Because just as a Christian, mm-hmm. I can say... Um, Wow, what's the use? I have a sinful nature. I sin every day. It's just going to keep happening. Why fight it? Yeah. Just give in, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Um, that God says no. You got to fight it every right. day, right? Every new my mercies are new. Every day you confess your sins. I forgive them, and mm-hmm. you're going to try hard today to be better than you were yesterday, right? So that yeah. that's the right. for all of us. And it's it, it's levels because it plays right into the devil's lies, doesn't it? It's just it's a way to suck us all in. So, um, right. yeah, important that we keep doing what we're doing here for that very reason. That it, be a voice. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you are the lone voice in the wilderness, right? You keep calling out. I hear mm-hmm. what you're saying there, but I, I I really feel as though like as we're as we're going into conversations about that and trying to encourage people to keep fighting. I, I mean, I mean, I think the reality is that yes, we should keep fighting, but it we we can't we also can't stress enough like the importance of the way that we have these kinds of conversations because I mean the the status quo if we look back even historically is that voices of color are not listened to unless there are, unless there's a lot of support from white voices. Hmm. And while, while we want to, um, to live in Christian unity, Christian unity does not equal sameness. 
And that is, that is something that gets, gets looked over a lot, mm. even when it comes to certain church bodies and the way that they handle um, walking with people in different communities. They want to do that a lot of times in a way where they're turning people culturally into versions of themselves. Mm. They may or may not listen to the people who are part of the community who they claim to care for. Mm. And, and, and so it really becomes this thing where you're, where you're standing there and you're saying the same things over and over again, but there's going to be frustration and there there's, there's going to be the upset there because people do not want to hear. They don't want to look at what is true. They want to stay comfortable. So that idea, if I'm hearing you, 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 you're talking about uh, the, the idea that well, we're we are all the same. So therefore, my experience is just the same as your experience, and things are pretty good for me. So, what are you griping about? Yeah, that's a part of it. Okay. Kind of get those back into what we we uh, had last time on the podcast too. I think we touched on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not. Yeah, you said it well. We're, we have unity in the spirit. We have unity, but we're not all the same. Mm-hmm. We have all the same problems, and we don't have all the same experiences. Right. Um, the one thing that unites us is the same Savior. That's the only. That, that in some cases, that may be the only thing we have in common. I, what, what you have said repeatedly, Ruth, that uh, my pain is not the same as your pain. Your pain is not the same as my pain. Uh, and be aware of that, to listen. Uh, to what, what can I do for you and your pain? What, uh, just being open to that. And I would say, yes, um, pain, is a big, pain is a big part of it. But a, another part of it and, and another way in which uh, voices of color can be silenced is in expressions of joy, especially when we're talking about things like worship. Mm-hmm. That hear the chiming of that clock does that sound majestic? It, it sounded like you wanted to make it feel like the end, the last day. Mm. <clears throat> Either that, right. for whom tolls the bell, I don't know. Ask not for whom the bell tolls; it tolls for thee. Okay. Anyway, I'll try to mute it next time. But okay, that interrupted. We, I'm being interrupted, Ruth. Go ahead, say say it again. Say, go back to what you were talking about. I'm, I'm just saying in, in terms of that, um, it's, it's, it's not just pain, although pain is definitely a part of it. It's also when we start talking about expressions of joy and there okay. not being any room for diversity there either. Right. Very much so. Huh. Yeah. And the way people express themselves and the way they, um, I don't know if we've touched on that before, but in the work, in the way they worship and things like that. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, that, but I, uh, I feel so bad when uh, uh, people are people's expressions are suppressed because uh, it's, it's not the way I would express. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I can't say enough about that, and I, I, I can't say it well enough. And I'm, I'm glad you're saying that, Ruth. Keep talking. What have you noticed? I've, I've noticed that when it comes to certain expressions of worship, there's a, there's a favor that seems to rest on stoicism <laughs> that um, <laughs> it, it is not also bestowed on more expressive forms of worship. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's. Uh... I think even the, um, the odd thing that people might not even really look into or think about is that when we when we think about heaven and the way that people are going to be singing praises to God and things like that, I don't even think that that sort of that sort of a thing, even if you think about it in, mo- in the most ABC way possible, would would even be allowable in churches today. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, that's not how we do things here. Uh, but it does does lead to um, uh, seeing different appro- churches try to approach differently. How do we? Uh, what, what when you have two, two or more groups uh, in, in one church that have two or, or more different uh, ways of expressing their their praise to God? 
I was just at a church at, for a conference yesterday that is, uh, they've got a, oh, let's see, I think, I'm not sure what the percentages are, but uh, it's there's a split ang Anglo, uh, Hispanic, and then a, a, a large percentage of uh, uh, Southeast Asian as well. Uh, uh, this I was there for a conference, so I didn't get to witness uh, how they, they do worship services, but uh, um, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, but boy, that's what God calls us to do, right? So that challenge, give each other voice, give each other space. I'm going to kind of take yeah, it back for a second. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say what, what typically happens, and I'm sad to report this, um, and it, it predominantly is is usually the, the, the Anglo or American condition, but they get upset because their worship is up, you know, changed a little bit, or because they have to sit there and listen to things they don't understand, you know, in a different language. Um, and you thought going into it, they understood that, but when they see it in reality, then they go, I don't like that. You know, I don't. I don't like that. I can't sing all of my songs, or that I have to listen to that in that language, or I have to do it that way. Never stopping to think that. Don't you think the people on the other side have made might have a difficulty doing it your way? Sure. <laughs> that thought ever crossed your mind? Well, apparently not. Yeah. I'm going to take us back for a second, um, also back to talking about pains, which is something that we um, we kind of went into a minute ago. But in re in regard to that, um, something that I've been thinking about a lot more lately is is even going back to the civil rights movement, and even looking at things like um, like Dr. King, and even looking at things like Jackie Robinson, and and even if we for fast forward it today what we see is that people didn't really pay as much attention until white voices got involved. Hmm. Even when we look at the way that people try to have conversations today about these issues, if they don't have the experience in them and they don't have people who they have conversations with regularly who are of different culture than they are. Hmm. One of the things that you notice is that people will take things written um, things that Dr. King has said or things that he's written and take them out of context in order to fit this narrative that allows them to remain within the status quo and inside, inside of the comfortable. Even if you look at uh, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, a big part of how they're able to function is because of the people who support them who are white. People look at those things as, okay, this is a this is a place where we'll, we'll be safe to be instead of looking at them in in places and, and saying, OK, what is it here? What what is it that we're what is it that we're looking at? What is it that we're seeing? What is more in line with truth and how how can we support truth? Are, are you saying let me just on that last point, are you saying that, that that's more of a placation that that? They do it to sort of cover cover themselves and give themselves some veneer of see I support a black cause. Is that what you're is that what you're getting yeah. at? Yeah, I mean ultimately, um, at least what it seems what it seems like to me is that it, it's white guilt. People mm -hmm. are feeling guilty because of this thing or that thing. And because of that, in, instead of actually asking themselves the hard questions or instead of actually taking the hard steps, they're like, OK, I can I can throw some money behind this or OK, other people are doing this. So it's not going to it's it's not really going to affect me so much if, if I do it, too. Hmm. And as a, as a result of that, what you get is a lot of the things that happen beforehand, like. There, there are things that happen that sh that should not happen. And that would not if we if we looked at these things in truth instead of looking at them as how do we how do we placate these things inside of ourselves that, that we mm. don't want to actually take the time to think through. Mm. Oh yeah. What's the right thing yeah. to do? That question, well, what is God calling in me? What's righteous that, that that needs to be the question instead of what you're talking about. What's what's gonna rock right. the boat the least? What's gonna be the most comfortable? Right. Two things you said, if I can remember to address them in that order, but um, the, on to the last point, 
uh, when we're dealing with guilt and feelings of guilt. I mean, you can't expect a sinful world to deal with guilt in a godly way. So they're always going to do that in some respects, regrettably, and that people are always going to get hurt when people, you know, placate their guilt. Uh, um, to the to the other point of you know, there's always been a white voice. You know that you know things didn't change until a white voice came in. I think that's where you started. People like Jackie Robinson and and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, I, I would just say, in general, that's always been true of anybody who's been on the out, the have-nots. We'll call them the have-nots, right? Um, unless they have a voice among the haves, no one's ever going to listen to them. And you know, think of just the history of Christianity in, in, in general. Uh, when when did persecution of Christians finally stop? It was when the emperor finally decided it was okay to be a Christian, right? They had to have a voice higher up to open the door. And it, that's the way that's always been. Now, should it be that way? Probably not. I would say it definitely shouldn't be that way. And it, yeah. and it doesn't match even the model that Jesus laid out because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't, didn't start first with people who were especially wealthy or people who were the haves. He started with the have-nots. Mm-hmm. And that was, exactly that was right. the whole of his ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right. He chose the what? Right. He chose the people at the bottom. And that's why, you know, where do you see the church growing today? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not in the Western. It's not not even in any of the, the, the modern kind of countries. It's in now to my brothers and sisters in, in these in these continents. But you have South America, Africa and Southeast Asia. Notice mm-hmm. they all begin with the word south. It's all in the southern hemisphere and where you have the predominant. Uh, amount of people who are living in poverty, who are living without, who are the have-nots. And mm-hmm. those are the people to whom God's revealed himself. That's where his church is growing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, in my church, we have uh, some people that have come from India uh, where they were involved in, uh, uh, at least one of them was involved in, in fighting for rights for the Dalit caste, uh, the untouchables, and uh, paid a heavy price for it. It was uh, uh, arrested, tortured, beaten for, for his, his efforts. But in the Dalit caste, the untouchables, uh, that uh, last I'd heard anyway, that, that Christianity is exploding in, in, in that caste. Uh, the, the lowest members, uh, the outcasts, um, they're saying this, this Jesus sounds like the right thing for me. Precisely because he, he went to the lowest, didn't he? And then he mm-hmm. became the lowest. And people can identify with that kind of a, a savior. Mm-hmm. Shows you the wisdom in what he did. Something else that we have to go look ahead and at. Say it. Something else that we have to we have to look at here is is unfortunately as, as we look at um, injustice that's happening in this country, especially as, as we're talking about people of color, is that it's it's not necessarily even along class lines where that where that happens or lowest versus versus highest oh. within the societal structure because mm-hmm. when we when we look at okay let's let's look at Martin Luther King he was a pastor mm-hmm. w- within with within cultures that would be someone who who is considered to be someone someone who you should listen to mm-hmm. and yet look at all the things that happened to him because people would not stand up and would not talk look at look at any number of of people currently within society, even Jackie Robinson, like he had to go through a lot of abuse, even, mm-hmm. even though he was someone who was, who was, who was up and coming as like a sports star, like even back in that day mm-hmm. and the way that they had, to, the way that they had to endure things e- even then, like that's, th- those are, those are not things that we should be, we should stand back and look at passively. If we're looking at our culture, we, we see that, that those things are not just things that happened historically within the civil rights movement of the 60s or, or, or back in that day. These are things that, ha- that are happening these days. If you look at if if you look at other areas besides one of the one, one of the main areas people look at is police relations. But what are we what are we doing when we're looking at things like uh, like medicine within the U.S., like all of these other areas? Where people are, where people are suffering injustices, where people are not being viewed as human and are being treated less simply because of the color of their skin, and, and the question, the question there is where, where are Christians standing up? Okay. Because we really should be. 
and it's not it's not just something where we look at it and go oh these people these people are are within the lower class we have to we have to look at it like together Mm -hmm. together i like that it's a problem for you it's a problem for me that's how god does it anything that's a concern to you it's a concern to me so he's calling us to do the same ruth i wanted to go go back to something you had said earlier when we talked about placating guilt you said well, we need to ask the the tougher, the harder questions, or or address it by asking the harder questions. I just wanted you to elaborate on what you you perceive those harder questions to be. I mean, what those harder questions are going to be is is going to really vary based on what area that we're looking at. For example, if we're looking at education, where where are the where are the areas of injustice that we're seeing? The areas of racial disparity there. And when we look when we look at that, we'll see, we see that some educational systems are, are are built in such a way that they that they favor people of a certain skin color uh, more than they favor people who are of color. If we look for for example in um, in some parts of California, the way that school districts are drawn out, you see that you see that in action. If you look at hospitals that are made and that are built in communities that are predominantly, and in this case, sometimes we are looking at lower uh, socioeconomic status communities in addition to more racially diverse communities. But when we look at hospitals and medical treatment and the way that people are treated in those areas, the the myths that are that are still being kind of put forward as it relates to people of color within those, we, we, we have to ask ourselves, one, why is that happening? And two, why why has it been happening for for as long as it has and what can we actually do toward that to to actually help to put an end to that who who is it that we can partner with hmm. like um we we have to actually look at these things head on which is going to be difficult if it's something that we haven't done before because the more that we look into these things the more the more it's going to make us uncomfortable and if it doesn't make us uncomfortable, it's I, I really feel like, at least from my perspective, it's because of two reasons. One, either we are at a point where it's not making us feel uncomfortable because because we really don't care and we view it as everything is still okay with my community, so I don't have to worry about that. Or two, it would make us it, it would not make us feel uncomfortable if if we're still at a place where even after looking at that, we don't we don't understand that we're not we're not seeing it in a context. We're not seeing it as as people and souls that are being affected. We're just seeing it as random data and statistics. Those mm-hmm. for me, those are the, the two reasons why it would not make us feel uncomfortable if we mm-hmm. look at these things head on and ask the right questions and find ourselves still still in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, if it's just data, if it's just uh, the community, if it's just the laws and the government, you know, that's, that's a whole different thing, if I'm understanding right, than seeing, hey, there's, look at the face, look at that person's face, look them in the eye. This is that that person who is being deprived of the right, the right medical treatment that I take for granted, and you know, look at their suffering. Now, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different thing. Boy, when I... Somebody in in my church, one of my brothers and sisters that I sing hymns with on Sunday, and then to realize, but they're not getting the same treatment that I'm getting. You know, that that needs to be at home, right? So, thanks for calling our attention to that. So. Aaron, you seem to be coughing a lot today. That's... Yeah, I noticed I hit the mute button, though. So anyway. I did. That was nice. Yeah. Very, I very have a tickle in my chest that just won't die. I'm just, ugh, it's annoying. I don't want to get that checked out. Something major, but mm-hmm. yeah, if it gets worse. So. I'm getting hit with spring pollen today. It's not making me cough. It's making me all groggy. Yeah, well, we're well into that here in South Texas. That, in fact, that season's almost run its course, but still got a few people with flower alleys like that. But 
Oh, a couple of weeks ago, everybody was out. Oh. So. I know, Ruth, I know this is totally unrelated to our topic, but were you ever affected by the um, cedar pollen when you lived in North Texas? Yeah, see a lot of, and we we have some of that down here, but you add to that the mesquite and the wee satch and some of the other stuff, and it's just a recipe wow. for endless congestion. But, hmm. ooh. Okay, on another, back to topic. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Ruth, I, I'd, I'd love to hear what, what have you experienced at times when uh, you realize that, uh, uh, hey, I'm not getting the care and the, the treatment that uh, my, my friends who aren't black are getting? What, uh, what, what, what have you noticed? Um, I'm trying to think of the least traumatic uh. Experience. Yeah, sorry, don't scrape a wound open, or even if somebody maybe not from you, but whatever. Where have you seen the disparity come hit home? Um, I I would say little bit okay, difficult so yeah i would say um one one example is a friend of mine was in the hospital of well they they went to the emergency room like a couple months ago and they um they have a chronic illness and so they kind of were going in to get that checked out so that they can um, they could see kind of where that was standing mm-hmm. um they were in the emergency room for a couple of um Actually, I think it was over six hours that they were actually there um, just waiting to to be seen and to get that situation evaluated. Well, uh, one of the things that they were finding is that the hospital um, that they went to, um, the emergency room in the hospital system, had an app that you could check out the this, this stats in for the different tests and things. So once those tests were, were running, several of those tests actually came back pretty quickly and they were in the app before they were actually presented to them. Um, what they ended up finding, though, was when it came to the test that they were really actually concerned about, um, the one of the nurses came back to the room and they reported that the number was uh, the number for the res- one of the results that they were waiting on was at a point that was higher um, than it actually ended up being. Well, they they knew that based on how they were feeling that that number could not have been as high. And so they kind of tried to kind of um, ask questions like, why isn't it in the app yet? Um, Mm -hmm. And like different questions like that. Um, And they were actually there with a, uh, with a white person. Um, But that person viewed, um, at least it seemed to my friend that that person viewed them as though they were just trying to be um, kind of, combative in that situation Mm. so they didn't really stand up for them Mm. what ended up happening is that they left the they left the emergency room and then pretty much as soon as they left the emergency room the stat was actually in the app and it was lower than the the nurse had reported Mm. which would have explained like the things that they were feeling the person that they were with didn't actually understand that that was a thing that could happen because their experience was, oh, well, hospitals and doctors always work out for me. So there's no way that like okay. a nurse or anybody would be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what it is if it actually wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was this, that was a situation that ended up happening there. Mm-hmm. Boy, boy, that difference in experience that, that thinking, well, uh, medical professionals, you can, you can trust them. Uh, uh, law, law enforcement, you can trust them. They're your friends. Uh, and then when somebody comes along, his experience has been yeah, it's very, very different. Well, you know, that that doesn't count. My experience counts. Shoot. Sorry. Right. That, that's, I hate to see that happen. Yeah. I, I know of it happening in other places as well. I mean, I I won't go into specific 
books because it's too too close to home for for anybody who might be listening. But I won't I won't get into it. But I know that that does exist. Um, that, that that those kinds of things do happen. Um, that racism in medicine does exist, mm-hmm. and that's just and it's um, it, it's sometimes between cultures too. It's not just a black white issue. It could be a it could be Hispanic black issue. It could be Hispanic white issue. It could you know there's other it does it does play in. Um, mm-hmm. Oh well, you're a you're a um, black woman who has diabetes, and then they attribute all the reasons why but that might mm-hmm. be true, right? Because well, that's just the way they are, right? And and that's that's racism. Uh-huh. So fatalism would be yeah, just the way they are. That's another form of it. Um, it's, right. it's it's false in so many levels. Uh, but it, I think of how God has called us to 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 be hopeful, to live in hope. Uh, not just hope for heaven is wonderful and as that is, but hope for right now that uh, um, God is here with us, working with us. We can we can we can get some stuff done. We can get some great stuff done. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, I just have to tell you about a visit I had this week. Um, shout out to a lady named Betty. She probably won't hear this, but um, I, I go to make rounds in an intensive care unit in town about once a week. So it's anybody. It can be anybody from any walk of life. And uh, met this very, very um, energetic black lady named Betty. And I got to sit down next to her and I talked to Betty and it found we found out that I knew her pastor. And uh, she was the most wonderful person. I had the most wonderful visit with her. I told her, Betty, I could stay here and talk to you all day, but then nobody else would get visited. Um, but I- I'm telling you have never prayed until you have prayed with, with someone like Betty. Um, wow. I-, I don't know who got more out of that visit when it was over, Betty or me. But um, she was just so encouraging, uh, had such a respect for pastors and what they did. Um, Loved her pastor, and he had been to see her. I told her, I said, you, after I said, hi, I know who he is. <laughs> she said, I'm going to do that. <laughs> but uh, just a just a remarkable lady. And I said, man, if I could meet anybody when my first going to heaven besides Jesus. If Betty were standing there, I think I'd have a hard time not just breaking out with a huge smile. Um, just the most wonderful person I've, I've met in a long time. Um just, just her attitude, everything about her was just wonderful. So I don't even know why. Well, I think I do remember why she was in there, but you know, just, just a wonderful visit. I, so all of us, what you mentioned before, Ruth, that uh, the idea that uh, stoicism is the the acceptable approach. Uh, boy, missing out on all that that wonderful uh, expressive thing that, that people who ain't german do uh what, what, what a loss uh, how, how impoverished that is no it really is i mean as we were i would say we were praying together i didn't you know usually i'd lead a prayer but she was right there with me adding yeah. petitions and things like that as long as i was romantic it it, it got me going you know it's like oh uh-huh. let's add a few more we'll do this we had a nice uh-huh. prayer together but just considered a privilege and i often wondered what it would be like to lead a kind congregation like that that would be i have people who do are, are blessed uh you're, you're talking the way you're talking makes me think back to uh, a group in uh, milwaukee county jail uh several years ago that I, I had the wonderful privilege of interacting with this little christian community had formed on this one pod in the jail uh and it was a wonderful christian they, they were man this the, the, everything that should be there in a christian community it was there and, uh, you know, they wanted me to do Bible studies with them, which I gladly did. But I said, man, I, I need to shut up and let you guys do the talking. But the prayer thing, that was what got me going. Uh, uh, one guy in particular, when he'd he'd start praying, uh, he'd go on and on 
And it wasn't one of those things like, will he ever get done? It was like, no, keep going, man. Yeah, uh, right. I, uh, I, was, I was just in awe. I thought, man, the, we have we have a lot of good preachers. We have a lot of good teachers. We don't have nearly enough good prayers. Man, we got to make space for them. Yeah, we. I, I'm, and I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm probably the first guy that would revert to, you know, writing something out and doing it that way because I, I get distracted when people pray and they don't know where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not have that experience with Betty. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you get the distinct impression here is a child of God, a sister, uh, my sister in the faith, who prays to Jesus like Jesus is sitting right there next to us, just straight up. And it's just wonderful to, to have, you know, to, to be with someone who has that kind of faith, that uh, acknowledgement that what Jesus really says, no, I'm right here with you. So I, I, I wished I, I had, were better at doing that. I, I pray out loud every day to try to foster my try to build mm. my prayer life and my abilities, but I don't know if I'm succeeding. <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, hey guys, this seems like it would be a great place for us to wrap up. Um, yeah. Thank you everyone for joining us for um, today's harmonize. Um, and Phil, why don't you go ahead and pray us out? Okay. Right, Lord God. Uh, like uh, Aaron was saying, you, you are right here. Jesus, you're right here. You, we, we're talking to somebody who is not just a, a concept, not just in heaven. You're here, and uh, you're, you're glad to talk with us. That's, uh, don't let us forget that. Don't, don't let us put that, push that aside and get all, all over-spiritualized, this thing. Uh, you're here, and uh, you love interacting with all of your people, and help us to have that same love. Uh Help us not to uh, look away from people who are hurting because you're not looking away from them. Uh, help us to keep on reaching out and help us to keep on being open to where, wherever you're Help us seek your face and see where you're looking so that we can look in the same direction. Uh, see what you're seeing. Uh, love the people that you're loving. Uh, help us out with that, Lord God. Uh, help us never just limit ourselves to people that are having the same experiences I'm having, looking like me. Get us away from that, please, God. Uh, Thank you, Lord God, for all that you are doing, and uh, keep the good work going, Lord God, please. Praying that we keep on with you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you.